Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and chop blocking your ear holes today. This is a third show in six weeks. Every other week, we're on a roll again. We are on a roll. We, we are slaying, Ross. We're on, we're on our we, kind of roll. We are slaying. You know, we have someone in from Alton again today. Is This, this is like three Alton people in a row. We had Eddie, and then we had uh, Marcos. Well, not in a row. Two well, in a I'm row. Not, three guests in a row. Our three guests in a row have been from Alton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, I think we have a different definition about ro- in a row, because this wouldn't be in a row. The three guests. Are we going to fight 13 <laughs> seconds in this? I think so. I'll punch I mean, you right in, in a the row face. Will I will be, punch you right in, in the face. In a row would be in one, two, three. Eddie, okay. Eddie was, I don't know, 10 guests ago. That is not true. Anyway, okay, what have you been up to? What's been going on? What's up? What have you been doing? What's up? Uh, nothing, man. That last two weeks really have been pretty uneventful. Yeah. Work, family, newborn. Hey, you, hey, you know what happened today, though? I'm walking out of the house. Uh, Brooklyn starts basketball Saturday. Okay. Upward. Um, and so uh, in my garage, I put up that, that hoop. Yeah. That's a nice hoop. Yeah, she's been a little, I mean, she's interested in it. Eh. In the last couple of weeks, very interested. Mm-hmm. So we go out once or twice in a week and work on a little dribble, a little shooting. I wake up and I go out to the living room. This is at like 6.55 this morning. She's out in the in the garage working on her dribbling. No way. <laughs> in her little Queen of Peace outfit. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna have her at a, a Lox Elite basketball camp in no time. <laughs> right? I think there's an age limit. What's that? Know. Is there an age limit? I, Come I on. We gotta know somebody. Yeah. So uh that's about it. There's a, there is something I want to bring to the table today. Okay. Because I ain't got a lot of a lot to talk to you about. Good. Um but I do want to, we've always talked about kind of challenging each other, mm-hmm. some different stuff. Um, I want to bring to the table a diet. Okay. I need something because I'm not going to lie to you. I've been eating like crap lately. I've been terrible. Yeah. Um, let's, let's take a little two-week challenge and do the carnivore diet. Where we go straight meat. Straight meat? Yeah. She don't eat meat, but she sure likes the bone. In that song? All right, I'll do, so two weeks, you know what, I tried that once for two weeks, and I did six days. Ooh, six days. Well, we're going to beat, we're gonna beat that. Weeks. So it's all meat. We're going to go it's all meat. Eggs, uh, We've got to take it. out our protein shakes. Okay. Okay, yep. Eggs are on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, eggs, chicken, beef, uh, fish, um, no protein shakes. Okay, I don't do many of those anyway. I'm down. No protein shakes for me. Two weeks starting. No, no drinking. No drinking starting when? Monday. Monday. So we'll run it all from Monday to Monday. So our next podcast, we should be able to really talk about it. Gotcha. Results and everything. Yeah. See I'm if you down. went longer than six days. <laughs> I think I can do it. All right. I can do it. Um, We're in. Iced tea. Iced tea. Is that part of it? Non unsweetened iced tea, you think? We'll have to look into that and coffee. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. I need my quick trip iced tea. I know you do. You need Speaking that, of, you need you know, that I was gonna bring I was gonna bring something up real quick about quick trip. It, like like there's still tons like have you ever chewed before tobacco? No. Like the red man skull, grizzly, that stuff. Honestly. Have you I, ever I, tried I, it? I've never even tried it. I haven't either. But 
there's so many every time I get my iced tea from Quick Trip, there's someone buying a a a, a, a tin what do you call it? A little thing of skull or red man or chewing. It's a little tin. Yeah. Now I have some buddies that chew, like have tons of friends that chew all the time. It's just the weirdest habit to me, isn't it to you? It's yeah. like it looks like they put this little turd, <laughs> right? And then some some their, their wives or whatever kiss them. They pull this thing out of their mouth, and then they're, I can't get a chick to kiss me anyway. Let me pulling one of those things out of your mouth, right? Is anything else about this? just because you see it so much at Quick Trip? That's what yeah, you want just, to talk about. Yeah, that I'm done with it. Okay, I'm done with you. Well, no, you just scared off some some guests because you don't like, you don't like their chewing <laughs> well, habits. Well, they do what they want. All right, <laughs> when they're having their jaw removed. All right, uh, bringing our guest. Like we said, we got a guest from Alton. Excited about him. Uh, do uh, you think I could take him in a fight, Ross? No. <laughs> the no. next guest we get, I'm going to, I'm the next, because that's two guests in a row you said I can't. So next guest we get, I'm getting someone, someone that you will say yes to. Okay. Yeah, you got a better chance, I think, on the last guest. Really? Yeah. Okay. Right. You said it, you said it in the description on Facebook. Best. You would yeah. body slam us <laughs> through these floors. I think I said power bomb. <laughs> power bomb. Okay. Anyway, our guest today is Al Womack. Al is the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club of Alton. Um, I don't know if I, you and I are big boys club alumni. Is that what I'm wearing? An old alumni, old, and I, I love I love the hoodie. Yes, I stole Damn, this from classic. someone. I don't know who, but um, you grew up. We both kind of grew up in the boys club you, you a little more than me just because yeah. when we lived down here at the, the Bethalto boys club and i was i was banging on that door as soon as i turned six well dan smith and, told the story yeah. about letting you in before, <laughs> before before you were old enough he'd let you come before you went to school i, I wasn't gonna call it out again but hey <laughs> you know, but yes yeah I, I mean i was a boys i was a boys and girls club kid from <laughs> school being let out to mom saying i gotta come home yes and every day five days a week is it's, if it was open i was there Here, okay before before we uh talk to al let's let's you and i let's let's decide on something do you think al has ever listened to one second of our show before do you think no well, no we've, we've had some of his friends on We've had some of his friends on, okay. so maybe he might have, maybe they got shared on their it's page, not, and he just clicked on it. I, he's like, now, <laughs> right now, he's going, now, if I haven't listened to it, do I pretend like I have, or what do I, I do? Like, I like putting him on the spot, but I'm, my guess is no. We just probably haven't reached out yet. Okay. We got it, and All that's right. what we're doing. That's what we're doing. What's up, Al? Welcome to the show, brother. What's going on? Thanks for having me. No, thanks for, thank you for being here. So, um, Al has a, he does a little... I don't know if it's weekly or monthly or whatever thing called, uh, it's called getting uncomfortable or is was that what it's called? Uncomfortable conversations. So I feel like this is going to be uncomfortable conversation, but not in their way, just because we're bad at this. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Al from, let's just start right, right off, uh, from Alton, Illinois, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Born yeah. And Born and raised. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Wow. I am the oldest boy of six kids. Tough um, being the oldest, isn't it? It is. It's tough. You, you have to be the trailblazer. Are you the oldest? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. No, I, I love every minute of it. Um, interesting story. Uh, my parents divorced uh, probably right when I was born. So right I, when you were born? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you wonder, like, was that a cause of that? <laughs> I know. I, no, no. That wasn't Your mom's probably like, I'm not spitting on another 17-pound baby again. Nine pounds, But no, my, my dad was a cop. Okay. And he ended up, you know, remarrying and, and, and 
starting a new family up up the road from us. Um, so I grew up in housing projects, uh, low income housing, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a community in itself. But um, definitely had life challenges, you know, as I look back and say, man, you know, um, man, we were really disadvantaged. You know, we were really low income. And, you know, my dad lived up the street in a nice big white house. And, mm. you know, so so as I look back, I was an angry, frustrated kid because ultimately I wanted my dad. Right. And I felt like I didn't have him. I didn't have access to him. So uh, here's this angry kid who's trying to navigate, you know, his childhood and his life. Um, what will I be? What will I do? But ultimately that desire to have my father. So there's um, now as an adult, there's this important role that men play in the lives of their kids and in the family structure. So not seeing that, you know, I, I really desired that. Um, ultimately, I had an opportunity to live with my dad for about three years from 12 to about 15 years old. Um, so so I did take something from that. Um, but but again, it was it was a challenge. My, my childhood was a challenge. Just again, you know, needing and wanting a dad. Knowing that you had one, but not having access to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big believer in you have to see a man to be a man. So how do I become this man without being in the presence of a man uh, regularly? So um, I identify with a lot of males in the community just to, because it was just desire, just just to identify with men and what it took to be a man, how to become a man. Um, that was my ultimate goal. How do we become a responsible man? Um, so in a nutshell, that was kind of my childhood. Again, we did some some crazy things just growing up in the projects. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot that probably kids shouldn't see. I've seen people shot. I've seen people stabbed. You think you hear about this in big cities, but right there in Little Alton, uh, when the times we were growing up, uh, you saw a lot of violence, and you had a choice. You know, do I continue this, participate in this, or do I go a separate way? And you guys mentioned Boys and Girls Club when you first started. Um, Boys and Girls Club saves lives, saves kids' lives. It keeps them off the streets. It gives them somewhere safe to go. I didn't have a Boys and Girls Club. It was football. I was introduced mm-hmm. to football. We played football every day, all day in the projects. But until we got into organized football, that's when, when things changed for me because it took me out of my environment. It took me out of my neighborhood and gave me something structured to do. Um, it connected me with men. Um, it connected me with um, what I needed in life, discipline, responsibility, uh, being able to respond to authority, things of that nature. So put them on the right track. Ultimately, it paid for me to go to college, pay for me to get an education. How, how old were you when you started organized football? 12. At 12, yeah. gotcha. But before then, I was a quarterback. I was a receiver. I was the running back. You know, this uh-huh. was all in, in uh, street football. But um, once I started playing organized football, I became a lineman. Now, now Alton's always had a tough time in football, the high school football program. Did, how, how were you guys then? I wouldn't say always had a tough time. Okay, well, (laughs) kind Um, of in my lifetime. (laughs) Historically, Alton was really good in football. This was like in the 70s again. Uh, In the 70s, Alton was really good at football and and pretty dominant in football. Um, Even during the time that I played, um, my senior year, we went to the playoffs. We played first round of playoffs against East St. Louis. Uh, I just enjoyed playing. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was good. (laughs) I I, I like collisions. I like creating collisions. Um, uh, okay, I realized. Yeah, I realized. Uh, I realized that like football was was my ticket. Didn't know it was my ticket until like my junior year in high school. Somebody had to tell me, "Hey, there's colleges coming in looking at you." And again, I'm just playing it because I love the game. Mm-hmm. When I was coming up, like I remember fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, when football starts to get, you start to get um, it starts to come onto the scene, kind of tackle football and stuff. And Alton Renegades, um, when I was growing up, it's like 
if you could play for the Alton Renegades, like you were, you were good. So in my head growing up, I always thought Alton football, man, they're probably freaking good. The Renegades just plow people, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it was, and it was surprising as I got older because in my era in high school, Alton football wasn't really good. But I always had that stigma in my head because of the Renegades and how you know people talk about the Renegades that Alton was probably a powerhouse community in football. But so the biggest drop off and the biggest complaint when you talk about athletes in Alton is what happens after that middle school because traditionally little league, um, Renegades, middle school, Alton is dominant. It's once we get to the high school level is when it drops off. Um, again, I'm not sure what area you went to school, um, but again, I coached for 17 years in Alton, and we had some strong years where we made some playoff runs. We didn't make it deep into the playoffs. Okay, but. I'm, and I'm not taking, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in my mind, I thought they were like what East St. Louis is sure. right now, or you know, I just always had that stigma because oh, the Renegades, like they probably kill. So, so what what is that disconnection? Do you, is there uh, something? Honestly, you, yeah, I guess it's hard to put your finger on it, or probably be changed a little bit. It 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 um. You know, like like when I played, we were committed to football. Um, we were, I think, we were good when I played, and I, and I graduated my last. I guess I, I played football last for high school in '88, um, and, and we were good. We stopped in the weight room every day. I didn't go home without stopping by the weight room. Yeah. So it was a different mindset. You know, we were bigger, stronger, faster, and it, that changes with generations. But I'll be honest, and I think our streets kind of play a play have, have taken a toll on our athletes. So if you look at like athletes you hear about when you're a kid growing up and they get to high school and you, you hear that they're not playing. Um, so typically the streets have pretty much reeled them in. So now hanging yeah. out in the streets, being cool, um, doing whatever things that keeps you out of school and off the football field or basketball court has kind of become like your life as opposed to what you grew up doing all along. Um, so we, we kind of missed the boat there, and I think it still boils down to commitment, mm -hmm. just being committed to it. Uh, dedicated to it. Um, the difference between all and East St. Louis is those kids are looking for um, a way out, you know, and it's through sports. They know that through sports, you know, you see East St. Louis kids at University of Tennessee and University of Illinois and, and, and you know, you, you name it, they're going to big schools, but it's their ticket out. And I'm not so sure that we have kids that are like really committed to wanting to get out um, where now it's like, I'll stay in Alton. I'm, I'm not going to play sports because the streets are taking care of me. The streets are. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the mindset I see with a lot of athletes. So after graduating uh, Alton High, where'd you go to play football then? I played in uh, Central State of Ohio. You've probably never heard of it, but right now. We're the Marauders? Just, we're going to The Marauders? I'm looking at this man right here. He comes in. I know. I'm, we'll get to his story. <laughs> yeah, I can he see got the ring on his finger. He got some bling. So he's won something big. <laughs> okay? And we're just going to skip what he did in high school athletically. I want to know this. Well, he's waving the ring in our face. <laughs> what, this, where, did, what sports all did you play in? In, in high school, in high school, yeah. in high school I've, um, I played basketball up until I played freshman sophomore basketball. Football four years was not good initially. Thought I was good. Not good um, at football initially. This, this is where coaching comes in. Mm -hmm. um, I threw the shot put and discus in high school, so I, I tried to play three sports. Thought I was good, um, and this is where you just have to be coachable. Like my freshman year, I probably got in two or three games. I was a short, fat kid. Sophomore year, couldn't understand why I wasn't playing much. Now put me on defense, and I'm just I'm a, I'm a take everybody's heads off and I started doing that and I still remember my sophomore year again I'm not even one of the, the, the key players but I'm on the practice squad when press against the offense and now I'm having you know I tell the coach hey I'm gonna take the ball from the center um as he snaps it to the quarterback last play of the game last play of practice you can't do that when he snaps the ball I'm gonna take it 
and the center snatched the ball, and I jump over him, snatched the ball. <laughs> Everybody's eyes open now. This this kid is good. Kid. I, again, I always thought I was good. Yeah. But it really took me. Really, I had to learn to work a little bit harder. Uh, my junior year, again, I started hitting weights and decided like. So your junior year, then you you stop playing basketball. Now you're saying, okay, I'm going for this football thing. I'm I'm living in the weight room again. I didn't go home any day after school without stopping by the weight room. I'm stopping by the weight room because I want to be bigger, faster, and stronger than everyone. So I went from being this short, dumpy kid to now I started growing. So my junior year or sophomore year, I probably was still five ten. By junior year, I hit like six one. Um, really, you know, nice and lean. Um, and, and, and could play some ball. And senior year, I was 6'3", 250. Eddie said the way you got so big and strong was carrying his lunch to school every day. That's what he, that's what he said. So That's a great story. I typically let Eddie tell his stories, but when he tells you the truth, he'll tell you that I think I saved him from when I was a teammate. Well, we do have that story in our, in our uh, ammunition. So your, your senior year. Is your is your junior year a breakout year for you? Yeah. Not just not with your coaches and team, but in the conference. Yes, yes, exactly. I started getting um, a couple player of the week. You know, Knights uh, of Columbus. Uh, I got a few player of the week awards, and it was again. I'm playing football because I love to play it. But then again, something or someone nudged me like, "Hey, there's colleges actually inquiring about you." So okay, let me take it up a notch. Let me take it a little bit more serious. Now I set some goals. So here's where I learned some goal setting. Going into senior year, I want to be player of the year. I want to get a bunch of offers. Now letters are coming in. I ended up being like, all they had an all-city team back then, all-metro, so between the whole St. Louis mm-hmm. metropolitan area, uh, all-conference. Again, all-conference first-team offensive linemen, all-conference second-team uh, defensive linemen. And then I get the ultimate award. I get all-state, so I'm an all-state yeah. player. Um, again, just – Now, we love all-state, all-state people, and we love – we love state champions. There you go. <laughs> Didn't get a state championship. Hey, us, us either. Okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, all state was, it, it, again, it felt great. Yeah. Um, I think I got some bad advice. I said, don't go play in that all state game. You could potentially get hurt and it could ruin your college career. So I, oh. didn't, I didn't go play. I, I, I felt like that was bad advice. Very bad, I think. Yeah. Should have went up there and Because that's, that's where they see you. That's where they yeah, you showcase yeah. it against this top talent. So I regret that. Again, I thought I got some bad advice, some bad coaching advice. Um, but again, I always listen to my coaches. So mm-hmm. I tried to be that coachable kid. Um, so anyway, that was my high school career. So no basketball. I did well in track. Throwing the shot puts out, put, I was probably an inch away from um, making it to state in, in the shot put. But um, looking back, you know, I had a great high school career. Great so graduate, then, then we go where? Graduate, then I go to this historically black college in Wilberforce, Ohio, that I've never heard of. Um, but I see black colleges play on on on, on BET. Um, then I'll see a highlight of this team that's amazing. And it's the Central State Marauders out of Wilberforce, Ohio, um, in a rural area in central Ohio. Um, but I get there and I look at this lineup of linemen that are all 6'5", 6'6", 300 pounds. College is a different world, isn't it's it? It's a totally different world. Remember, I was all state in high school. It, yeah, it doesn't matter what level you go to. You know, I, I was all state basketball player. Right? I walk into Lewis and Clark, and I'm like, what the? I just <laughs> you think you're just going to dominate, right? <laughs> all, it, it doesn't matter what level you go to. It's an entirely different game. It, it is. Every, exactly. When you go to the next level. So, um, And, again, it, you know, here I am challenged. I'm six hours away from home. And – the football training camp was three days in and I'm like, I'm ready to go home. 
it was somebody, you know, every morning at 6 a.m., coaches coming through the dorms, they're beating on your doors, get up, get up, get up. You got to get up, get showered, get to breakfast, be on the practice field by 9, eat breakfast before 8, practice field by 9, and you practice until noon, and then you got out for lunch, and then you had to be back on the field by 3, and then you had to be in, in, in meetings by 7 p.m. After three days of that, I'm like, I don't like football. I hate football. <laughs> it's been my life, but I hate football. I'm ready to go back home. And I made calls to people like, hey, um, I want to come home. And someone said, like, what are you going to do when you come home? There's nothing here for you. Yeah. I need to figure it out and stay. Probably the best advice I got. And, and then someone said, give it a year. If you don't like it after a year, look at doing something different. So here again, I had to set a goal. Try to do the same for a year. I learned to like football again. And the rest is history. Um, I was on a great team with some great guys in a great program. Uh, we had so many pro prospects. I think my freshman year, just seeing the Raiders out there in our practice, I had never seen, you know, the Raiders and the Giants and the Buccaneers. They all had scouts out there, like, watching our practices. And, so, and did you say this was a powerhouse school? This was a powerhouse. This was a powerhouse NAI Division One. Yeah. Are they still? No. <sighs> um, financial woes. Financial woes. Um, the, the program even got shut down a couple years after I graduated, and it's back, but there's limited scholarships, yeah, and not quite the athletes coming in. Now, Ross, you like state championships. Mm -hmm. Al here has a national championship. Yeah. <laughs> Am I correct? Two, 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 two wow. time. nice. Two national championships, 1990 and 1992, um, and I don't mind sharing my rings. This is like my second ring from '92. Uh, should have 17 diamonds in it. Um, but, but again, you talk about, you know, the experience of traveling, um, just, just traveling and, and playing in front of crowds, played in front of a crowd of 68,000 people in Indianapolis. Uh, so the whole football experience come from this little town, not having much expectation in regards to a football life or anything like that. It was amazing. I traded for nothing. Um, if you're paying attention, I mean, you probably don't know much about black college football, do you? No. Okay. No, no, not yes. answering for you, Ross. Hey, hey, I mean, is well, a big thing that's happened. I mean, Deion Sanders is there now, right? I mean, it starts to bring light to it. So, you know, you're starting to see it a little bit on ESPN and things now. What's happening is um, black college football has been around forever. Black colleges have been around forever. Um, it was a it was a great opportunity to, to really go. Um, that's where I found out who I was. I was a quiet, shy, introvert kid coming out of Alton. I got to college and I was really able to identify because I saw more people that looked like me, uh, self-awareness, self-esteem, confidence, all those things just blossomed. Um, and there's some amazing people that come out of HBCUs. Uh, overlooked, uh, a lot of great athletes come out of HBCUs. I, I played with some NFL greats. Uh, I played with Eric Williams. He was an all-pro tackle for Dallas Cowboys. I played beside him in college. Hugh Douglas. Just a monster for the Eagles defensive end. Yeah. Probably stud. the fastest big guy I've ever seen, Hugh Douglas. Uh, he was running like a four, 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 five in high and in college. I mean, we used to say powerhouse. You're, <laughs> you're yeah. talking powerhouse. Yeah. Time powerhouse. Yeah. So so again, it was a great experience. But again, like black college football started fading. Yeah. NFL has received some great talent out of black college football. Deion Sanders coming in coaching to shed more light on the yeah. black college experience and bringing some recognition to black college uh, football. And um, then Eddie George goes to Tennessee state and uh, they're just bringing some recognition by, by giving back to, to the programs um, that, that serving people um, that may be overlooked in those programs. You know, I always tell people and I went away to school. I went to Eastern Illinois, not that it's, you know, 
a thousand miles away, but I always tell kids to go away. I learned more at college just being away from home than I learned actually like from the books there. Do you know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. Because most people like where I went to school were like you went to Eastern Ross. A lot of kids like there was just so many from Chicago and different areas and just culturally we find out how like here we're just so like like we just we don't we're just in this little bubble here do you know what i'm saying like away at school i learned so much more just being away and people from different cultures and things like that yeah the independence independence of it and the self-awareness of learning who you are exactly and i think as soon as you went away it's same way with 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 al even uh not having to playing a sport as soon as i went away to school like first week i'm like i'm homesick yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my, I'm homesick. I don't, I don't fit in here, blah, 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 blah. Until, you know, then you find your people and you realize, but yeah, it's I just, go, I would try to encourage every kid go away for a while. You yeah. learn so much more. You said independence and disciplined and, you know, just, man, I cannot well, stress that enough. I mean, for you, you just walked into a frat house and just started boxing people. Is what it, <laughs> is what it sounds that like. Helped. That helped. And then it's like, yeah, I'll join your fraternity. I ain't paying your dues because I'm, I'm the boxing champion okay, of the house. We've so. been over that story. We don't need to bring that back. But yeah, good, a, a, a good left hook helps. Yeah. So, um, so uh, four years there. Four, four years. Four, four was there. Two national years. championships. Two national championships secured. Um, I mean, the ultimate goal was to get a degree. What was What was um, your degree in? Business administration, concentration okay. in finance. Now, I want. I always like to ask people this question. This is kind of reversing back. Is, is when you were young as a kid, what 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 are some things you wanted to be when you got older? Really, truck driver. I, a truck driver. Really, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, driving big trucks and yeah. gears. I yeah. always saw myself doing that. <laughs> then I wanted to become a cop. Uh-huh. You know, my dad was a cop, and yeah. I really looked up to to law enforcement and respect the work that they, and I still respect the work that they do. There's some mm-hmm. work to be done in that area, right? But I respect the work that they do. At the end of the day, um, those were two, two those are the two careers that I really wanted to pursue. And as again, as I got older, um, it's weird because I go to college and I'm like, okay, I have a shot at the NFL, so I work off with some teams. Yeah, let's let's touch base on that a little bit. So, you come in freshman year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. You playing much? No, but but what was interesting was, um, and this is a humbling experience for anybody coming in. You don't come in because you were all state and, and, and expect to get a starting spot or a backup spot. Again, I worked my butt off, and I probably took it too serious. My teammates deemed me a day, so I was telling me, chill out, man, slow down. <laughs> you know, you always had those practice guys yeah, that, that yeah. go too hard. <laughs> it's playing the Super Bowl every practice. Man, I think that was me. That was me, and Pete, that was me in gym class. <laughs> um. So, so we had freshman camp for a week and, um, freshman camp for a week. And here's guys from Miami, from Cleveland, Chicago, and we just getting after it, um, running the offense, the veterans come in the next week and the coaches pull all of, all of us linemen together. And they say, we need, um, and they bring you in as a defensive lineman, no, offensive, offensive lineman, offensive lineman. And, yeah. and is that, that was what, probably what you were throughout your career. That was probably the best fit. I always had the defensive mentality, but I played on the offensive line. Okay. Um, Brought me in as offensive lineman, so now you bring in these veterans, and everybody looks like old men. Everybody's heads are shaving, they're wearing beards. And I'm like, what the hell? Everybody's all state when you go to college like that. Yeah, everybody exactly. there is all state. I'm all over the country. Yeah. So, so again, uh, I'm an offensive lineman, and they say, hey, we need all of the offensive linemen to go down on that field, but we need Womack and so and so to stay on this field. And I'm thinking, I want to go down there with them. <laughs> I really didn't want to. Those are grown men. Those no, those were the practice dummies. They just uh, sent the practice yeah, dummies. The freshmen on. The freshmen, they sent them on to go practice against the defense. 
And I stayed back with the starting offensive line and the second string. So I was a second string offensive lineman as a freshman. I uh, didn't travel, but I was not on the practice squad. Those are the guys that ended up leaving school and leaving the program. Yeah. They weren't, you know, they weren't a part of the offense. They were targets. So it's hard being a practice Absolutely. player, especially in football. So anyway, the experience was I was second string. I didn't travel. I dressed for home games, got the experience. Um, my second year, I got on special teams. Now, did you hit the weights hard, real hard again? Were you doing that like over the summers and the off season, or what did you do when you came back? Did you come back to Alton? I came back summer? to Alton every summer, uh-huh. and I hit the weights and I ran. I ran uh-huh. hills. There was a hill at the old high school that I ran those hills like great, always in great shape, great condition. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the linemen that was in probably the best shape because I believed in and being prepared. So I ran heels every summer and I would hit the weight room, run heels at the thumb, hit the weight room. And, and I saw a picture of you in college and you didn't look like a lineman. No. Do you know what I'm saying? You look more like a linebacker, you know? That was my mentality. Yeah. I, I wore that number on purpose. 51? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's why, and that's why I was confused. I saw what he showed and I'm like, oh, linebacker. Yeah. No, I, I wore that number on purpose because I, I remember I said I had a defensive mentality. Yeah. yeah. Always wanted to be a linebacker. That's awesome. So give me 51. I'm playing right guard and I'm in shape. Yeah. You know, so it, you're fast. It, you're getting yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was again a great experience. Um, I I probably gained twenty or thirty pounds in high in, in college. So I think that was my senior year too. That was my senior year. That picture you saw. So I was smaller than that coming in. You, and and the bus, you got to college and like I'm eating good, right? When, <laughs> when we traveled, we had like I would have one plate that was just a big steak. Uh-huh. The next plate was just full of lasagna. So we ate <laughs> yeah. well. Uh, we just ate well when we traveled, and I yeah. gained so much weight going from my junior to my senior year. But that's what I heard from my coaches. We need you bigger. We mm-hmm. need you to get bigger. We need you to get bigger. And I never wanted to be this big, sloppy guy. So right. um, I, I put on some good weight and was able to hold my own. You, uh, did, were you starting as a junior? Yes, by my junior year. So my sophomore year, I was um, special teams. And then by my junior year, I was starting. So I started the last two years. And then one won a national championship. Which one of you, those years? Um, my junior year. Your junior year. Won, won a that. national championship. Played in it. No, we we lost the champ. Well, anyway, we didn't make it to the championship. We, playoff team every year. Um, I want to say actually my sophomore year we won the championship. My sophomore in June, ninety and ninety two, and it's all cloudy because yeah. you have. A, I had a redshirt year too. That year that I was mm-hmm. really second string redshirt year. But anyway, we were in the national championship game at least three times. Wow. Um, we won it twice, lost it once while I was there. Um, my, my senior year, we lost in the second round of the playoffs. We played division two talent um, or teams throughout the, our regular season. So when playoff times came, we were NAIA schools. So we would play NAIA schools in the playoffs. But um, for the most part, we played division two schedule um, throughout the course of the year. But again, great experience. Winning the championship. Uh, went to the White House. First wow. historical black school to go to the White House. Met President Clinton in the Rose Garden. Oh, that's awesome. So I do have a picture with President Clinton, one of my favorite presidents. Still got it. Still got it. Sweet. Yeah. 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 So it, it, again, great experience. Well, and, what they do? What they do? You know, I'm, hey, I'm never making it to the White House no, to win a national championship. No. Is it? Is it a dinner when you go there? What? What just no. comes through? They just come through. It, it's simple as you walk through like the West Wing, yeah, and you walk out to the uh, the, the garden. What is it? The, the, the Rose Garden. Rose, yeah, I don't know. If I like that. Rose Garden, yeah. something like that. There's a there's a, a platform set up there for a photo op. Um, president talks to you a little bit as a team, shakes everyone's hands, and takes you a couple get, photos. Get to take a tour of DC. Then yeah, we were we were DC a couple we, days. We took yeah, we were definitely there for about three days. Took a tour, uh, saw some of the the buildings. Um, and like I said, it, it was a great experience, but DC was eye opening too because just around that White House, the, the the poverty that you saw outside yeah. those gates was like 
eye-opening. You wouldn't think that. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And that was my first trip to D.C. Like, wow, look at, I mean, look at. Yeah, I would have been shocked as a college kid if I went there. And I went, mm-hmm. It's not exactly. what you would expect, yeah. But again, just a great experience. And, you know, coming from Little Alton, coming from the projects, coming from where I come from, for this to kind of be like, um, I don't know the direction that I would end up going in. Nobody would have thought that. Uh, I don't know if anybody had an expectation of me. Um, I had to have an expectation, you know, and that, that, again, that kicked in junior year of high school. It just, the light went off. I mean, again, prior to my junior year, I was probably a knucklehead. So if you saw me in the hallways at school, you weren't going to get the nicest person. You're mm-hmm. going to get this. Again, still has some angry, bitter, bitterness inside of me. The light went off my junior year, though. Be kind to people. Uh, just being pleasant to people and continue to work my butt off. And the, the light went off and, man, opportunities were there. Yeah. Um, so graduate, uh, degree in business administration. Yes. What did you know what you wanted to do with that degree or what, what was your aspirations with it? I really wanted to go into banking Okay. Uh, immediately. I don't, I don't know why I thought finance banking, the, the challenge with being an athlete mm-hmm. is you train, train, train. So I missed out on opportunities to have internships, you know, and again, yes, how was my summers? I came back home and trained. So I never really got the, the, the experience to intern in the industry. So as I applied for jobs, entry-level jobs, it was just, you know, we're looking for somebody with experience. I'm fresh out of college with no experience. Mm-hmm. My peers have all interned. And so that was probably the disadvantage of being an athlete because you're training when your peers are doing internships in their summers. Um, and I stayed in the Dayton, Ohio area for several months after I graduated, uh, trying to pursue a, a career in banking. Nothing was there. Uh, talked to some people back home. They said, hey, come back here. You can work in our schools and you can coach football. I think I was back here like in two days. <laughs> uh, so I got back here, started coaching football, working in our schools. Were you substitute teaching? or um, Actually, I was a teacher's assistant. I had probably the worst job ever. I sat in this <laughs> room about the size of this office. <laughs> Which is small, people. <laughs> yeah. And and I was in school suspension. Uh-huh. So any kid that got in school in, in trouble at school, they had to come sit with me. Yeah. And I did that for a year and a half or two. Then I did security at the high school for probably two months. I uh, was working part-time at the Boys and Girls Club. And ultimately, Dan Smith, you mentioned Dan earlier, yeah. great guy, um, offered me a job as a program director. So I, In Bethalto? In Alton. In Alton. Alton was a unit of Bethalto. Okay. Um, so when Alton started, technically Bethalto started it and. Some people kind of hang their heads on and Bethalto started Alton. I would, I, and going back to that, I wrote this in my notes. So when you were growing up, there was no Boys and Girls Club in Alton, no. which that kind of shocked me. I would have thought it would have been reversed, as in Alton would have had one, and then it would have streamed down to Bethalto. Yeah. That's no, what I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, that, that's kind of – that amazes me. So when, when did the Alton ones it, it From what Alton I understand, started? I was gone, right? So it sounds like – When you were in college. 90, around 90, they opened up a unit in, like, a Claire Barton school. And, um, yeah, apparently it opened as, again, as I was away from Alton. But when I come back, I'd heard of this Boys and Girls Club, and it was at one of the schools by one of the housing projects. And uh, it took me about a month before I would go. I got the call to go check it out, go check it out. I didn't go. And I did go probably about a month later, walk in the school gym, and I see this white guy standing in the middle of the floor just, hey, hey, stop, quit. Hey, stop, quit kids are running everywhere <laughs> but those kids reminded me who of was the andy, white dude andy scanlon you know from andy, andy? scanlon i don't know andy i know the name um but nick williams was a was w- would be there from time to time so you yeah, know nick a, nick is a Bethalto guy yeah 
So anyway, I meet Andy, I meet Nick, but I see these kids. There's about 50 kids. They're just running and screaming. And this guy's trying to gain control of this group. And it's like, hey, you. And like, I don't know if I want to work here. I just came to check it out. I'm a volunteer. But those kids really reminded me of me. These are uh -huh. kids from housing projects right across the street from this club location. I've been hooked ever since. And like Nick Williams, he's not just white. Like he's whitey white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but we, we know what it means. You can't define it, but you know. <laughs> no soul. Like, no <laughs> right, soul. exactly. Hey, hey, stop running. <laughs> His mustache. <laughs> so but, when you saw it, you're like, you were hooked. Like you like, I, was, I want I to be a part of this. Because it was those, it was the kids that hooked me. Yeah. Um, this well, was me and I didn't have this. It, it probably like, going back to the whole father issue yeah. you know what i'm saying and plus you were the the oldest of six boy or six kids and uh you know going back to the father figure and you know that's you want to become that you know i did and it actually really the ultimate goal for me when i when i walked into the club was like these kids have to realize that there's hope and opportunity for them mm -hmm. there's an opportunity out and as i started talking to kids i'm talking to a high school young lady like trying to figure out you know what her career path was going to look like. And she's like, Oh, I have a 3.8 GPA. What's your plans? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, so here I found, we have so many kids that did well academically, but no direction, no vision. I wanted to be a part of, um, point them in the right direction and being a, a part of helping show them a vision that they could do better and be better because no one may expect anything out of them. But if we can get something out of them, then, then that was the ultimate goal. That's what kept me at the Boys and Girls Club. It's, so, every year there's more kids that need that vision. Did you say you start off as a volunteer? I did. So I you volunteered and still working at the school? Yep. And coaching? Yeah. A lot on your plate right off the bat. Right off the bat, right out of college. And I had a son. I, you know, when I when I left Ohio, I'd been with, with, with this girl from for the last three or four years. So like now she's about to have a baby and you know, I'm I'm about to be a dad and and then I still want to help my community. So ended I ended up getting married and having my kid, but probably led to my divorce because I was at the club yeah. I was at football, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it just, it took a lot of, it took a lot of time. Um, but how, yeah, it was all worth it. How long did you volunteer until you stepped into full time there? It was, it was, I really only volunteered a week. No. They, <laughs> Gotta they kept, have that guy. Else. <laughs> wow. They, they kept saying like, no, we want to hire you. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to commit until I know what I'm committing to. Yeah. So I volunteered okay. for a week and then I, I was part-time honestly for the next year and a half or two. I was part-time about 12 to 15 hours a week. Um, then Dan calls and says, hey, we have a program director position that's full-time. Was Dan ultimately sort of your boss at the time? He, he was re mm -hmm. remotely because his office was right. here. Right. Um, but ultimately he was, and they offered me the program position. position. I left the district totally, um, but I still coached. And that's when it, it, it just kind of took off from there. I was program director for maybe a year. And then I don't know if him, anybody is aware of this, but there was this ugly breakup between Alden and Bethalto. Mm -mm. but we <laughs> but we like it let's go with it and i know dan said he's listening right he listening. <laughs> um it was just a difference in 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 um philosophy and um demographics well yeah so, and you you probably have they probably have to be ran different they're you know what i'm saying like you said the demographics are so different that they were the risk yeah. the risk factors were different mm -hmm. the different risk factors in Alden and Bethalto. so so again this was like a beyond me above me board members uh, people that had help um, that were, were working with, with Alto and informing this club uh, funders. It was, hey, Alton and Bethalto has different demographics. So from a funding standpoint, we're going to shift some funding. That doesn't sit well with some mm -hmm. because you have a lot of money here and a little here, but we're going to shift it. 
uh, ultimately there was a separation between the organizations in 96. So this kind of leads to me. Uh, they separated in 96, ugly fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow my name may have become bad in Bethalto. <laughs> that's the rumor. <laughs> not, not, not in this circle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's the rumor I get. It's like, you know, Alton is this, Alton is that. And again, I'm a, I'm a program director. Mm-hmm. But at some point within the next year, they need to, we need to establish ourselves as our own organization. And these are, again, people above me, um, a board at that time. And they're like, we need to identify an executive director in order to become an official Boys and Girls Club. So um, between myself and, and another guy, we had some conversations. And ultimately, the board said, we want to go with Al as our executive director. And that was in 1997. And so you're a young guy then. How right. old are you? How old are you at the point time? Probably about 25. 25. Yeah. And it's funny when we talk about these things, but we're just seeing you as an adult taking this role. But really, you're a 25-year-old yeah. kid at the time. Yeah. That's a lot not, of responsibility. Not, it, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, you're a kid of, at the time yourself, really. Not, not a lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, but again, it's... Especially when you broke off from the Bethalto Club. Yeah. You were just sort of like, all right, here you yeah. go. How, Here's how, the keys. How are we going to do payroll? How are we gonna do, <laughs> you know, all yeah. of this. But it, and that's, that's what it was. So, um, you know, starting from scratch almost, trying to build mm-hmm. community trust, um, being as transparent as possible with this new face, and who who are you, and, and you know, can we trust you as a charity? Uh, and that took time to build yeah. relationships. Ultimately, we're 25 years later. Um, so you, we, you've been there 25 years? Yeah. Wow, it's, it's amazing. In capacity, 25 years. We've grown the organization like crazy. We, we've seen a number of kids come through and do well. Um, but again, it, it all centers back uh, around that community trust and the relationship building. Two, two things that, that stick out. Okay, you got the breakout, the breakup. I'm sitting here, though, and I'm like, it just makes common sense. It's just common sense. Now, I understand you, know, you start dealing with money and funding, and that's how things can get salty. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I would have even thought Alton would have been first. You know, they would have been mm-hmm. the big brother. But, but sitting here now, I'm like, yeah, it's just common sense. It's just too different. I mean, it just needs to be ran different. But I'll give props to the, to whoever's making decisions because they hired Dan. We both were kind of surprised how young Dan was when he got hired at the at the boys club. Right. And how long he was there. Like right. obviously they made a right decision going with this young kid that you mm-hmm. don't you don't see that happen very often now. Right. And then they come in and they hire another one. I'm saying young kid for at 25. Sure. And another great decision because he's there for so long, yeah. You know, and both of them did great things in, in their separate Somebody's organizations. Seeing, someone seeing something in yeah. such a yeah. such a young man at you know, you, I could see the breakup happen. You could see like because I Bethalto probably United Way was, was always a big giver. Bingo. So Bethalto has this Alton sort of mini club, mm-hmm. so they get way more money coming. They allocate yeah. the money however they want, mm-hmm. and then it's, this is going to sound bad and not trying to get uncomfortable, but. They want the money to go to poor people that look more like them. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can see where that, I can see how it happens. Do you know what I'm saying? It's bad, but I can see exactly how it happens. Sounds like an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice you're, plug. You're, you're 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 spot on. Yeah. It's, um, and again, I'm, Dan's going to be listening. I have no, the, he, the most no. respect for Dan because of his passion for the club. Mm-hmm. I think he was in a bad situation or awkward position because. Ultimately, he's responsible for these two organizations, which have a funder saying, we want to shift your money. We, we you know, we want to shift your money. And as, and as a director, I'm, that's not going to be something I want to hear. But right. you just described it. Yeah. We want to shift your money. And now it looks bad. Right. And now it's, we need to make some decisions. 
So that's what led to the separation. And, and the three of us and Dan, we all know you, you do something you love. You have passion for it. Yeah. You know, every single day when I, I'll say when I was a coach is when I kind of grew this mentors every single day. You got to come in and fight for your program. Yes. Yeah. And that's the same thing Dan was doing. The same yeah. thing you had to do. Exactly. I mean, you have a passion for it and a love for it. Every single day I come into my restaurant, I have to fight for my restaurant, mm-hmm. for my program. You just, I mean, that's, So, it, it, and, and what, what, what happened, I didn't realize Dan and I lost contact over the mm-hmm. next three to five years after that. Um, they hired a new director. Um, Kathy and I connected immediately. I think she was hired in 99. Or 2000 we connected immediately um we started trying to build the relationship back between the two clubs so we started doing some some programs together we traveled to conferences and workshops together and meetings um but all this time i'm like dan is nowhere in the picture mm-hmm. and dan was the, the guy for me um so probably in the last five years reached out to dan hey come visit me come, mm-hmm. come to the club and he was happy to get that in by invitation wow. let him come in talk to my staff tell some stories he was excited to be there and to walk through and see the growth of the organization to the point that probably in the last month or so, Dan and Martha and I had lunch and gave, gave them a tour of the new club. We have a new awesome. facility and just reconnected and, and, and share stories. Um, so relationships are everything in what we do. So it was great to build that relationship back. You know, real quick, I just want to pause here and just, this is kind of not odd subject, but Dan's wife, Martha is like, in the emergency room right now like right as we speak yeah. she's been having some health problems came home got better and now she's like today went to the uh the er so if there's people out there like pr- prayer warriors send martha up some prayers like Absolutely. i don't know what dan would do without her they like you see you see dan you see martha you see martha you see dan like it's been like that since i was yeah. a little kid do yeah. you know what i'm saying like you walk out here at the brick to eat and there they sit together really? do you know what i'm saying they're so yeah, that's a little, I just, little scary. I just met Martha in the last, and I always knew of Martha, but I mm-hmm. just met her like when they came and took. Dan had taken two tours, and she came on the last tour, and we had lunch. A great time, an mm-hmm. awesome, phenomenal lady. Yeah. I actually reached out to him two days ago, like, "Hey, how's Martha? I'm sure you're taking great care of her. Just yeah. let her know I asked about her. So yeah. hopefully everything works out." Yeah, we're big Dan fans. He were he was big I moved I moved here like the middle of my sophomore year from Calhoun County, and he just sort of it was a tough transition in the middle of the sophomore year and he just sort of took me under his wing and and uh so i always have a lot of admiration for dan so um how how, how big is the alton club now how many how many employees do you have how many how many members well pre-covid we were we, we typically would see 17 or 18 employees within a given year mm-hmm. um and we were seeing over probably 1300 kids wow. covid kind of like changed everything so it's almost like we started over from scratch uh, memberships expired, uh, limited enrollment. So now we're like really, we almost started back over. Like we're seeing uh, a little better than 100 kids a day, but we've had to re-register everyone. So um, that started in January. So we're probably registered. We've registered probably a bit better than 300 kids. Well, that so, is a starting over. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it was some data scrubbing. and, and um, but, but again, we do community outreach stuff. Like we had a trunk or treat a couple weeks ago. Uh, over 200 kids from the community showed up for trunk or treat. So um, we're just slowly bringing our kids back. But uh, staffing is a challenge right now, um, as it is in most industries. It's a challenge yeah. trying to get people to come to work or want to work. So I have a great staff right now and that, that um, I have a lot of respect for. These people show up every day. Uh, we, we were probably three or four staff members short. And just being short staff, we can't take on as many kids. So I have 77 kids waiting on oh, a waiting wow. list. Oh, 
waiting list to come into the program. And these parents are calling. We'll probably get three or four calls a day. Hey, yeah. where, where are we at on the list? But until we can bring in more I staff, hate that. I yeah. hate hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's that's where we're at. And in a lot of clubs across the state, we do a state meeting twice a month. And everybody has the same story. Uh, there's a club up in the Mississippi Valley that's not even open because they can't find anybody to work. Wow. So the kids suffer more. Um, the kids suffer more. So I appreciate the staff we have, and we try to take great care of them. But it's it, we need more in order to serve more kids. What um just so people out there know, and, and myself, I'm I'm not as informed on the Alton Club as I am the Batalta. What what programs do you guys offer? Oh man, an, an array of programs. So we hang an around. array. I like that word. An array. <laughs> Get that one down. I, I, I am writing that word down. I like that. Um, but but power hour is our big program. Even given the last year and a half where kids have been out of school. Um, trying to get kids caught back up. So you take someone that was in kindergarten two years ago, now they're in second grade. They haven't learned anything in the last year and a half. They are behind. Mm-hmm. So we really like take a lot of pride on our homework help program, uh, trying to make sure that kids are getting the, the assistance that they need, understanding the assignments that's, that's in front of them. Uh, homework help, power hour, project learn. I do a program called Passport to Manhood. You may have heard about that. Uh, about 2017, it, it went viral. But it's really it was really like personal to me because – you got right. good names. Power Hour. Passport <laughs> right. the manhood. Right? Wow. No. You can do Power Hour here where you have just that, 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 uh, um, different Power Hour here. In, in the, you know, <laughs> there you go. But, um, Password to Manhood was really important to me because this was, I had 22 guys, 22 little boys in this program. Four of them had a dad. So, again, if you, you got to see a man to be a man. So, mm-hmm. how do we expect lo- these boys to grow up to be men? Respect authority, respect women respect themselves, how, if nobody's teaching them this, do we expect this to magically happen? And, and, and what really, really motivated me to even start that program was not just the lack of the male presence in, in, in the families, but again, the relationships between, keeping it real, between our young black men and the police mm-hmm. bothers me. So at the end of the day, we want kids getting home safe. We want police officers going home safe. How does that happen? If I've been taught to respect you, if I've been taught how to respond to you. So I want to make sure we were teaching the proper response. Um, if you're stopped by the police, how, how should you respond? How should you handle yourself? Because what's the goal? Speaking go speak of the police. Right. They might be here for you, Al. I think those Bethalto people heard you were in town. <laughs> I saw them as I was coming in. But, but, but no, I, I really wanted our young men to understand like the importance of getting home safely. For everyone. So, so what do you do? So what do you do in this program? We, I mean, how, we, we, we life skills, yep. life skills. If stopped by the cops, yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to argue whether you're wrong or right. This is not time to argue. You do that later. You, you go to the police station and say, I have a complaint I want to file. If, if you feel like you were wrong, but at that moment, that's who's in charge. That's who's in authority. Mm-hmm. So we would reenact that here. Here's what we do. Same thing in the classroom with a teacher. Here's how we respond to teachers properly. The young ladies, you know. You well, start. You started that in 07, right? No, the, the, I started that in 16, 2016 or 17. Or 17, that's what I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. How, how many, do you know how many people have came through that program? Uh, we had 22 guys, 22 guys in the program. You have 22 right now? Well, we, we've had to pause it. Yeah. Um, so we paused it. Uh, so probably I'm still seeing maybe 10 or 12, 10 to 12. Awesome. Yeah. We're not meeting as often. Um it's kind of falling off, but but we hook, the, the way to hook them to keep them in, involved was teaching them to tie ties. I was going to say, isn't that where is that the, what what went yeah. viral with it with the ties? It, it, it was, and that's what, we would meet for thirty to forty five minutes 
and we would take the last 10 minutes and teach them how to tie a tie mm-hmm. to the point that these guys could tie two or three different knots. And they were wearing shirts and ties to school because if you dress nice, you, you kind of feel good about yourself yeah. and you conduct yourself a little bit differently. So it was it was really trying to teach them some life skills about being a man, how we again, how we should act, how we should treat authority, how we should treat um, the ladies, how we should just present ourselves. And if nobody's teaching that again, how do we expect them to, to, to be something that nobody's taught them to be? So that was the motive. Again, he's jumping in at the dad role. Yeah. I, I love that. Because I was missing it. Exactly. Again, as exactly. A, as a 50 year old now, you know, I have, you know, and I look back and I'm like, man, at the end of the day, I wish, you know, a relationship was a lot stronger with my dad when I was a child. We have a great relationship now. Mm-hmm. You know, I call and check on him. He'll, he'll call and check on me. But um, as a young man, we need that. We need that. And it's too many missing. So I think our role we play as a club is to make sure that we feel that void. Now, in your opinion, are those 22 kids and four, just four dads in the picture, where are the dads? It, it, it um, I don't know. Why are they not there? there so, so here's a, here's a, here's a, a couple of scenarios that okay. you may not be even familiar with. Um, for whatever reason, the relationship with the mom may not have gone right. So now dads disappear mm-hmm. and then it's, um, she don't want me around. And I, I'll be honest, I was divorced. I, I was married for a, a while. I got divorced and I heard that message of just stay away from me and make sure you pay child support. Mm-hmm. Some guys take that and run. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I want my kids. So, so it's easy to run because somebody told you to just get away from them versus fighting for your kids, fighting to be there with your kids. A, a, another theory, some guys don't know how to be a dad. I mean, it takes work. And if nobody taught you how to be a dad because you didn't see a dad, so there's a trend here and there's a pattern that goes back in history. Now, I mean, you can go deeper with this. But ultimately, um, um, going back in history, the, the black male was removed from the family, you know, and that goes back to slavery, where now that, that trend has followed for over 400 and some odd years. And it's, it's again, it's just become a pattern where it may not even be forced, but now it's, it's so it's just sort of learned. It's sort of it's, instinctive. I, it, I, I know what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. But, but you have young men like myself who wanted his dad. So as I talk to these boys now, they were like, Hey, what, what do you do if, you know, I think I'm so angry at him. What do I do if I see him? And I had an uncomfortable conversation with my dad when I was 19. I, I, I failed to tell that story. My dad thought he was the best dad in the world. And we're standing at the end of the driveway, his driveway, and I'm letting him have it. And, and I'm taller than him. I'm 6'3", six, 6'4", six, <laughs> and he's probably 5'10". And, you know, he's like, oh, no, I did this, this. And I'm like, no, sir, you missed it. You missed Boy Scouts. You missed football games. You mm-hmm. missed it. He, he was – well, he's probably saying, thinking he's good is because he's probably just slightly better than his – I don't know your grandfather, but maybe he's just slightly better than your grandfather, so he thinks he's doing right. Let's take it back further. His dad died when he was five or six. Okay. So, so see how the dad is missing. Yep. And when I when I when I came to the conclusion, he didn't know how to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Should I hold him accountable for that? Something he wasn't taught or didn't know. So as I'm talking to our young men, the conversation is they're like, "How do I talk to this guy that I've never seen or this guy that I don't think I like?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Meet him where he's at. Maybe he doesn't know how to talk to you, but what if you know how to talk to him? What if you took all your anger and frustration away?" Hey, Dad. Let's let's start today. Um, interesting. I'm telling this story to these young boys, but I have a teenager that's just sitting in, 18 year old, senior in high school. He's sitting in on every session. I don't know. He's taking it in. At the end, he tells me his story. He's like, Hey, you know what? I was listening, and I did it on purpose. He said, I never knew who my dad was. I've only heard my mom's story. He said, I looked my dad up, found him in Indianapolis, 
we are reconnecting because I needed to hear his story. G- gave me chills. Me too. Yeah. He said, I need to hear my dad's story. So they mm-hmm. formed a relationship. And that's all I'm challenging young men is if you have a chance to meet with your dad, uh, don't hold it against him. Try to build that relationship. So um, I think, and I don't want to, I don't want some women coming after me, but I think one thing that kind of happens in these, uh, these poor uh, areas is the woman says, you know, go away. I don't want you in the life. And then if they don't have the money to get an attorney to make, you know what I'm saying? To go through the legal actions to actually be the father, they, they have no, there's nothing they can really do. It, I, does that make sense? In, in, a, in a sense, but, but it really has to be something deep. You have to want to be a dad. Some people didn't sign up for right. it, but guess what? Ready or not, if you, you, you do the, you, you do the do, um, you know, yeah. And, but I said, I would go broke yeah. personally as a dad to make sure I stayed in my kids' lives. So that was getting an attorney that was fighting for custody. Yeah. You know, it was doing those things. And some guys, it's easier to just walk away, but the kids should not suffer. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about male responsibility. Uh, again, I want these guys to connect with their dad. I want them to be responsible if they're in that position to be a dad. Um, and then we'll see what happens. I think it, it, it makes our communities better and safer. So, yeah. Um, now, one of the big things that you, part of your job there is is fundraising, right? <laughs> are, are you tired? Are you t- I, did, did you guys have some funding, I think, cut a year yeah. or two ago? I just went through that headache last week. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put a great spin on this. Yes, okay. we, we lost United Way funding. United Way. Oh, that's, funding. when I said United Way, well, that's, I wondered why you kind of pepped up. Yeah. Um, look, I'll be honest. United Way had been a lifeblood, mm-hmm. you know, from the time we separated the separation took place with United Way funding, and that that is all generated through the community, um, has been a lifeblood of Boys and Girls. So when donations weren't coming in, United Way money was like it's like every month you have an allocation that goes into your account. That's how it worked. You get you get a here's the pot of money you're going to get for this year, and they break it down into twelve installments. And when you hear United Way or you hear Boys Club, you always think of the two being uh, you know synonymous together. The, the logos yeah. are so similar too. There's there's always something yeah. to do with the hand. Yeah, um, kinda. but, but, but for 20 some odd years, we had United Way funding. Um, they changed the formula in 2020. You had to go through a different process. Um, we, we beg both beg to differ. I stand strong on uh, how we presented our application. They stand strong on something was missing and classified it as an incomplete application or you didn't get it in in time. No. <laughs> so it was the same time they're going to a three year formula fun uh formula so now whatever happens over the next three years is basically oh, application so you see like mm-hmm. so now That's, for the next three years you're out of luck yeah. hearing about that is is so frustrating we're talking about we're talking about kids and helping kids right and, not a technicality and, on yeah. yeah and because how you want to say oh you missed this little line here how about when we turn it in you say hey sense. you don't have this line or whatever it is can we have some common sense hey hey al can you fill that it's, out real quick it's I, like whatever. they're trying not yeah. to get well you. that's always happened if something was missing you always got a call mm-hmm. hey we didn't get this document or we missed the i you didn't dot i here mm-hmm. um and, and again and i say all that to say like okay yes we got cut did it feel good no uh, immediately i go into how do we make up this hundred thousand this hundred some thousand dollars mm-hmm. each year for the next three years our community responded well in United Way's defense, they responded. Um, we had community members that reached out to United Way. Hey, we have to figure out how to support 
not only the Boys and Girls Club, but there were several agencies that got cut. How do we help support them? Mm-hmm. United Way dug deep. They found money, um, and they were able to, to reinstate us for last, this year at about 80% of what our cut was. So we saw roughly $85,000 this year from United Way. Um, what, so, what people don't realize about the Boys Club is there's fees there, but what, $20 a year or something? It, it costs you more to have a kid than actually what they what you make off the kids or whatever, right? We, we technically, when the kids are paying those fees, that's an investment that mm-hmm. I am invested in and committed to this organization because it technically costs us five to six hundred dollars per kid. Per kid, the <laughs> they're giving you twenty. <laughs> so that yeah. that funding is great and it was needed. Uh, it's been a lifeblood, but again, it also challenges you to grow up. I'm like, so we have to grow up, you yeah. know, without these dollars. Again, it like was like the great. mindset. Yeah. Okay. Now that happened. What can we do? Exactly. Not concentrating on it. Uh, it happened. Um, again, they reinstated for this year and, and this year only. I don't know what the next two years will look like, but we are grateful for what we got this year. But we have to grow up, too, and, and figure out how to raise that money. Our community has been great. So we talk about Little Alton, mm-hmm. that community response. They support their Boys and Girls Club. They support their charities in Alton. Um, I love that. And it kind of gets you more in the community, right? It, it, it does. I mean, a little, kick in the, a little kick in the pants to get out there, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's, um, it's still all love at the end of the day. I love what we do. We are mission-driven. It's about the kids. It's never about me. Yeah. It's about the kids we serve, how to make them better and our community better. You know, and we, we were a lot laughing about Eddie's show or Fast Eddie or whatever, and big old grumpy uh, Eddie, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a kind heart, a soft heart for the the boys club too, doesn't he? He does. Eddie is, is, is Eddie, but there's so many more Eddies out there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you had Amy G. Amy Garrett. Here. Yeah. From the Sims um, firm. Yeah. And, and I met Amy through, through Eddie, uh-huh. but, but again, Eddie and I go back to high school and he remembers the story better than I do. <laughs> um, Eddie was a preppy kid. So he doesn't yeah. look like, like if you look at him today, he doesn't look like he was a <laughs> right. prep. But he was a prep. He had yeah. the, like literally the sweater tied around his head. <laughs> the, the Somebody needs to pull those pictures with, with, out with a white shirt under it. But um, but Eddie's story is, you know, back at Alton High, back in the day, there was a pit, and everybody played pit ball. Uh-huh. So I was one of the big guys on campus, but there was another two big guys on campus. One was an a hole, uh-huh. and everybody that stops me today, they can name the same guy that bothered yeah. them. And they said, "Man, you pulled him away and said, hey, leave him alone.'" But Eddie remembered that. Yeah. So I didn't remember it, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, but but uh, I guess you know he 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 grew uh, to respect me based on that, you know. Yeah. And when I came back here from college. I still didn't quite remember him, but I could associate his name with the with the bar and establishment. Um, you know, and he was always been generous and yeah. kind when it came to kids and organization. That goes back to that being kind. You were kind to him, you know, and and that's and we him and I have talked about this a bunch. And we talked about when we had Marcos Polito in here just about being kind to people will get you so far yeah. in life. And you don't do it for that, but man, it just when you when you become kind, it just changes everything. It you got know. me. It actually probably got me to where I'm at because I mentioned growing up I was angry and right. bothered and bitter about it. That junior and that gets you nowhere. School, it gets you nowhere. And I yeah. tell kids that by the junior in high school, the light came on. Be kind to people. You know, mm-hmm. nobody had to tell me. It just kind of literally it happened, and the friendships formed, and the people can tell me stories. My memory is horrible, but people say, "Hey, I remember you in high school." Nobody ever ever told me how mean I was in high school. It was like you were a nice, great guy, a big guy, but nice and right. kind to everyone. So. 
One of the another big thing that you guys have that I think is pretty cool is that it's a is a gala. It's an event where uh, what is it ties and tennis shoes? Am I saying it right? Tennis and ties. Yeah, tennis and ties. That's kind of a big event that you guys have, right? It, it is. It was um, so we talk about fundraising. Mm-hmm. So there's a hundred dinners say in Alton, mm-hmm. and you're going to the same place. Probably somebody can tell you the menu before the dinner starts and the people that'll be there. Who's going to be there? <laughs> but what I learned on the planning side of it was. Two days before the dinner, everybody's calling, saying like, "Hey, that table that I that I got, can you find somebody to sit there?" Mm-hmm. Um, can you know? After about five calls of five tables that's been sponsored at five hundred dollars a table, I'm learning people don't want to be at these dinners. Right? They just were they were at one last week and the right. week before. Right. And and I said I'll never do a dinner again. Mm-hmm. It was it was probably 2018. I was sitting at the podium. I'm like, I would never do another dinner. Got to find something different. Yeah. And thing we do in boys and girls is we 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 steal from one another um what are they doing up north right that's working mm-hmm. and my colleagues up north north they're, they're bringing in two hundred thousand dollars on a tennis and ties event i love the pictures i call them let's meet let's talk about what you're doing i want to mm-hmm. do it down here i tell my board um hey i want i want to change the concept we're not going to do a two or three hour dinner we do a 30 minute dinner where everybody sit for 30 minutes the other hour and a half they're all mingling socializing mm-hmm. and we'll get everybody a little bit more relaxed Wear your tennis shoes. Throw yeah. on a tie. So we, we brought this all together, but the big part of the dinner was an auction. Um, we didn't go secure any one auction item, but we wanted to do an auction. And I want 200 people in the stands, in the audience. Um, drinks are on me for that first hour and a half. Wine and beer. Socialize, get loose. Um, but then the 30 minutes that I have their attention that I'm on stage is how many people will invest in our club? How many people will give... $5,000 to make sure that our kids have a great future. How many how many people will give 4,000 to sponsor X number of kids. So we went, we took that concept and raised $67,000 wow. the first event. We were only raising 19 or 20 with a sit down dinner for two or three hours with a guest mm-hmm. speaker. Uh, so we changed the format and people walked out saying, Hey, I, I sponsored and I didn't have to take any junk home. <laughs> you know, I got to help kids. I had a right. great time. It was yeah. a great event that you got people yeah. more relaxed. They had a great time. And they got a chance to give. Yeah. Uh, we've done that event twice. First year, 67000 The next year, we did 77000 Couldn't do it this year because right. of COVID. So we hope to bring it back next year. But, but again, just a fun event where people can support the, the organization and support kids and have a good time. They probably look forward to just throwing their tennis shoes on with whatever suit or whatever they're wearing. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Adds a little something to it. Um, what I, I want to touch on okay. something real quick. Um, sports-wise in the Alton Club. Do, do you guys do, do you have a gymnasium? We don't have a gym, so, no. man, you, you don't realize what you're doing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're setting the stage. Um, <laughs> so when we rented from the children's home, there was a huge gymnasium there. Uh, we moved in 2018 to uh, Washington Avenue, which was the old James Center Motivational Achievement Center. There's no gym there. What are we going to do? Boys and Girls Club and Gymnasium, it kind of goes together. There's no club without a gym. Mm-hmm. So, but we needed this space. We needed this space. So there's space there for us to build a gym. That doing something I didn't know what I was doing, Tom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we the plan is to build a gym. So when we first got there, we said we're going to announce a campaign, a annual can I don't know, a capital campaign to build a three million dollar gymnasium. We were talking about it. Um, how do we go about getting some seed money uh, to start the campaign? Um, there's been a commitment from the state through the dispensaries, the taxes on the dispensaries that we will receive a portion of those dollars to help towards our gym project. Uh, a lot of things have just been paused. 
but we celebrate 25 years in 2022. So the plan is to announce, officially announce, we're starting a gym campaign. Awesome. And we want to build a gym that um, our community benefits from. So I know you're in the training, but I want this gym to serve the community so that if a kid plays baseball, there's an opportunity for them to train in there mm-hmm. with baseball. If there's football that needs to be, there's training in there. Um, we like gym space in, in town, so our, our parks and recs doesn't necessarily have like a space to play their basketball games. We want to make sure that that happens. So it's going to be a, a boy, at the Boys and Girls Club, but a community gym. I love that. Yeah. So you'll impl- you get the gym, you'll start implementing sports. We'll implement sports. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we have not. When people call me about sports and I get calls about sports, I call. I tell them to call Bethalto. They have a sports program. You might want to check with Bethalto or check with the Parks and Recs. Yeah. You probably get those calls every day, all day. I just took day. three calls yesterday. <laughs> Literally, I just took three calls yesterday. But, but again, I, I love being to refer people to other mm-hmm. places for those services. We ultimately want to have that. I, I want to have like right. the best gym in town. That doesn't cost you to come and yeah. train in it. And if you got an outdoor basketball court, court that would be huge there. And we do right now. Oh, so, you do right so now. So that, that's kind of sufficing for now. Mm-hmm. But um, but just having a gym where we can do just a bunch of activities in there is yeah. right. huge. But again, the community. I want the community to benefit. Yeah. Love that. Um, what advice would you give a young kid just trying to – trying to make it maybe if they want to like pursue a passion or start a business or what just what advice would you give young kids wow um honestly the the the, the, the what's gotten me where i was where i am today is just being i mean it starts with it within it's, it starts within so i always talk about character and integrity like you can build on that um it starts there but but again it's it's and even if it's not going to school um, you got to learn from somebody mm-hmm. somewhere. So, so get under the tutelage of someone that that's, that's in that industry and learn, you know, so you, I believe in starting from the bottom and paying your dues. So, so get in that field, get in that industry and learn, um, knowing what it is you're, you're wanting to become or, or who you want to be, but it's all about still being a good person. So mm-hmm. I think being a good person has helped me along the way, be a good person, commit to whatever it is you're interested in and pursue it. Man, do we? Is there a theme, Ross? I, I don't, I don't even want to bring it up because our, 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 the people that listen to this are going to be like, okay, you guys, we get it. You've already we believe been. in it so much, though. Just drill it home. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've. I don't know. Last couple podcasts, and I did a video podcast that business over a brew, like okay. you did, and that's what we said. Find some. Well, one, we talked about being kind, and that's yeah. what we kind of talked with with Marcos, and then you know, figure out with what you want to do. Find someone who's doing that. Yeah. And, and ask them for their for help, and <laughs> people are tired of hearing us talk about that. You guys have been saying this? But, oh, yeah, my gosh. I, yes. I just, to my core, I truly believe it. And, I mean, I have to give so much credit to who I've become and, and what my, I have done at, at any level of my life, halfway successful of coaching or teaching or running business, to finding other people that's done it already that know more than me and, you know, mentor that's the, smart, that's the mentor. smart approach because yeah. so many people lose money i mean i have a family member that just threw twenty five thousand dollars to buy a business in a bag or a package um but he took the wrong route and now mm-hmm. he just lost a bunch of money versus learning from somebody that's doing it already and and, i just believe that's a smart approach and to step back I mean, earlier you said um <clears throat> You reach. You said, "What? Are, what are they doing up north? Let's reach out yeah. and find out." And that right there is is even a little part of it. Finding what they're doing up north that is working. Yep. Let's meet. Let's talk. I, I want to incorporate that. Let's. That's another step of 
of a little mentorship I mean, finding what someone is doing and and get a mentor. I, I, I can just go on. I love I, it. I talked to that, that Riverbend CEO program this week, and I was I was telling I was kind of giving an example of what you did. You went around, you, like when you started this restaurant, you went around and talked to Kathy Gross at Bluff City. Yeah. You went around and talked to to Darren at Pump House, Eddie at, and just said, hey asked them to help you starting a restaurant and you would never in the world think they would help you like you're gonna be their competition but what they do they did and they're yeah. and you still have them on speed dial or whatever to yeah. to help you so but all three of us know that's what it takes yeah. and, it and, and i told i told those kids i'm like say you want to be a criminal attorney go right now find somebody who's doing what mm -hmm. you're doing and tell them that you'll intern for them you'll work for them you'll shadow them you'll do whatever you want for no money Exactly. One, they will help you. Two, they'll probably end up paying you or hiring you or whatever. They tell you to no know the first time, go back. They tell you no again, come back. I would love for somebody to do that at my gym. I'm, I'm begging for someone to do that. And, and then stepping back from what he said earlier, uh, the one downside of being an athlete when you're in college, he didn't get to do an internship. Mm -hmm. You know, Right now, you just said, go find a criminal attorney. Well, you've already got such a head start. Right, such a huge head start. And we had Marcos Polito on, and he he when he, in high school he joined like the the Explorer program exactly. And he, like when he said when he they fired he was old enough that they could hire him. He was so ahead of the curve that was you know yeah at the exact opposite of your sort of like yours with like uh not having the experience exactly you know. But you went there and what'd you do? You went there and volunteered, started working part time and. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, but I also know what I also did. I, I jumped in the car and I drove up north. Also, I visited like four or five different. I went to Danville. I went to Champaign. I went to Springfield. Uh, I went to Decatur to visit those clubs. Yeah, and I stood in their game room and I watched how their staff operated. I and then took notes. Yeah. Okay, I'll make sure I'm doing this with my staff. I talked to their directors who had been there for a while. So so again, you don't have to reinvent anything. Talk to the people that's doing it already and that's that's done it. Yeah. And you take notes and you you follow. And like you said, you either. Take uh, a little bit from here, yeah. a little bit from there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's exactly right. Um, our brother, do you know our brother Ty? I do. Know, I probably knew Ty before I knew you guys. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, uh, well, because he was youth of the year one time, Ross. Remember? <laughs> but he worked. He was. Yeah, he was program director. Program director. Yeah. So he wanted to know, uh, and you can whichever you want to answer this. He said either give the best Alton High athletes of all time, the top five, or the best high school Alton basketball players of all time, whichever you Ooh. want to choose. If you want to do just the five best athletes of Alton High. So so there's so many. Um, again, I think Alton is you, Hey, I, I know what he's going to do, Ross. Is it getting political he's on gonna, us? You know what he's going to do, Ross? <laughs> he's going to do to us what he did to us about the podcast. Ross, did he, has he listened to our podcast? He never answered, did he? <laughs> He never, I don't know I where we know where went. You're going with that. What's that? I didn't know where you're going. But he with didn't that. answer. He never said if he did. Now we're gonna get five athletes out of him, and you can't be worried about about missing one. Right. Okay. Let's go back to your original question. Okay. I had never listened to you. About yes. That. that uh, write that down. <laughs> never. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the, the pictures that I knew you guys were doing one. Well, so I do admire anybody that's doing a podcast because ultimately I want to host a yeah. and podcast. So I'm learning from you guys right now. Oh, is that what? Oh, okay. See, Ross, we're taking them under. <laughs> so when I had my phone out before, this guy started, never I'm, stops learning, <laughs> right? No, I'm taking pictures of your cameras. And everything. <laughs> but I do. This is a philosophy. You can never know enough. Right. You can never do enough. So, right. you, you that, know, I want to learn. Yeah. And that's right, what, we'll that's what I just said to that CEO program. Another thing I told him, I said, Every day, I either read an article or a video about the fitness industry, something that 
you can learn. And they say if you do that every year for like 10 years, you're an expert or something like that in your field. So that's what one thing I always try to do every day, read at least one article or watch a video that will try to make me better, you know? So five athletes, five what athletes. you got from Alton High? Um, wow. Because Ty's a basketball guy, I'd rather shift to basketball. Okay. Now, I haven't okay. seen all these guys play, so, so, so what I hear, mm -hmm. um, I, I got to watch Larry Smith firsthand. firsthand. Mm -hmm. Larry was a phenomenal basketball player. Um, and a guy that's in my era, um, his nephew, Kevin Caldwell. Kevin Caldwell. I saw yeah, Kevin. Have you ever seen Kevin play? Yes, Smooth I with did. the ball. He can drop the ball, drop a dime. He can pull a three in your face. He, he, he would take three steps across the middle uh, half court line and just and, boom. And ready to shoot yes. and, and make it. Yeah. Um, extremely confident. Um, so Kevin and Larry were probably two that I witnessed. Um, I don't know because it's trending on Facebook. Um, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I, shucks. Those are the two that I witnessed. I hate, I have a hard time. I didn't find somebody I've never seen. Um, I've heard, I've heard of just great athletes coming through there with basketball. Um, Troy Washburn. And apparently Maine Smith, you know, so now I've given you four, mm. three from the same family. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Trent, Troy or, or, or Maine play, but I've heard like how amazing they were in the 70s. Right. Um, because I've seen him play. I think Kavon was 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 a was yeah. a good Kavon was a good system player. So Lee Bennett was a coach at that time. He ran his system well. Yeah. Um but those are I mean, those are the names that I've heard of that I've seen. Gotcha. Football, I've heard of like a BB Gator. Um, I've heard of uh, Glenn Lott. Um, you hear about Bobby Average, um, Scooter Wilson. So these are some some football studs. I struggle with that in football because you don't hear about linemen, and I was a lineman, <laughs> right? So so you don't hear about the guys that, that actually open the holes for these running backs to be great or these quarterbacks to be great. Yeah. Um, so you can historically tell me who were some great linemen in Alton because nobody talks about them. Yeah. Um, that was a fuss I made when I started playing football and the newspapers come in and talk to our running backs. I'm like, you guys never talk to the line. <laughs> so now every week the newspaper's in my face. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you think? Um, who would play you in a movie? If they made a movie about your life, who would play you? Really? Yeah. So I would find a current actor. Well, it doesn't, you, Hey, this is, you can take this whatever direction you want. Man, that's a great, did somebody ask you to ask me that? No. That question? Okay. No. That was your question. We're, um, we're podcast professionals here. Now, okay? see. <laughs> Who could play me in a movie? The bad thing is I don't watch movies. Uh -huh. I'm not a movie person. Um, but I've always wanted to be in acting. I, mm -hmm. I would love to have been an actor. Um, but who could play me? I don't know. I, I would almost want to pose that question back to you guys. <laughs> no, that's, you that's not like, how this hey, works. You don't have your own show yet, <laughs> you, Al, okay? You may get I'm your own show sometime. I'm show here and say, let me ask you guys. Um, no, I, I, I would struggle to figure out who could play me. Like, I don't know. Don't, I don't watch any movies, huh? I'm not gonna lie. It's, a, really it's a tough question for me. Like, yeah. I sit over here and I'm like, oh, I don't mm -hmm. know. I've, I've heard you ask several people. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a tough question. Yeah. Are, are people, people struggle to answer that question when you ask? I don't know. Have we asked it before? We've asked it a couple times at the beginning. I don't yeah. Know. So I'm be thinking about I that. I feel like every white dude says Tom Cruise. <laughs> Didn't go on to Tom say Tom Cruise, Cruise or something. I yeah, know. That, and I know we asked him. <laughs> I can't remember what he said. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I, don't, I always I, thought, here's who I always thought would play me. Okay. Here's who I always thought. I, I always thought Adam Sandler. I don't know. See, why. that's crazy. Why? Bobby I would Boucher? What? Bobby <laughs> I would never guess that that's who you're. I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't, we don't look alike. I don't. I mean, I want Brad Pitt to <laughs> shave his <laughs> well, head. 
This, oh, and I don't want Fight Club, Brad Pitt. Uh, you do. You don't want Troy. You don't want oh, Troy. Shit. So don't don't get us on the Brad Pitt uh, uh, fan club podcast again. Um, I, I got I got one. <clears throat> I think every everybody who from teachers to coaches to you know what your position is in the community. Um, do you have one of those? people that but what is what is one of the most inspiring stories and i don't want you to drop any names of a of a child that you've seen come through the alton boys and girls club and maybe came in as a i, I don't care whatever background they had but then ended up doing some amazing things and, and it just like it i i mean i got a player when i coach i coached for six years and was a teacher before mm-hmm. i but um like i got a player it just anytime someone you know I just I'll just think about it. It just makes me feel good of where mm-hmm. I know where this kid came from mm-hmm. and where he ended up and and it just just writing it just makes you proud makes you start smile. It it does and and again I'm struggling because just to name one. Well, you got but, yes, but, yeah. But but there's kids there's young people. Um, I think about a young lady right now that that works for like a major record label in a county down in Nashville. Awesome. But this was a young lady who I knew of her. Um, popular in high school but again part of being a boys and girls club is you you dig deep into like who these kids are mm-hmm. and she's like hey my mom is struggling with drugs um my mom is facing jail time she had a 3.6 gpa i don't know how i'm gonna go to college though you would never know her story you know i don't know how i'm gonna go to college can you help um, she became our youth of the year um we probably helped secure like ten thousand dollars like for her first semester of school and i'm like okay if we help you get here how do you stay She's like, I just need help getting there. I will figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, help secure some money for her to go to school. She started working part-time while she was in school. She actually joined the tennis team and got some scholarship money. Graduated in four years with an accounting degree. Went and worked for Ernst & Young over in Missouri. Um, left there, And she traveled the world. Um, left there, took a job in Nashville. Talked to her a couple months ago. She just built a brand new home. Um you know, two kids, awesome. um, but works for a major in accounting mm-hmm. for a major recording label. So just hearing that from a kid who didn't uh, know what their future was going to look like. And we were able to put them in a position because they have to do the work, but we were able to put them in a position to excel. And, do well. and you kind of talked to, talked about that earlier too. And you get these kids who will do well in school, get high GPAs and who are definitely, you know, could do the college work and could go to, but they just don't know where to, I mean, there's paperwork, there's exactly. a, there's a, you know, applications and just like the people that don't know where to start, no matter exactly. how smart they are, they don't have the, just the know how the education or anyone guiding them. So exactly. that's, that's and, that. and that's the role that we try to play is to make sure that, you know, if they're doing the work, we have to help them. Mm-hmm. We have to help them. And, and, you know, everybody's not college material, which, which is okay, but, how can we help you put you in a position to go? And again, it's not us. It's us being um, the the entity or organization that's connecting them with the resources out there. Mm-hmm. So we, we enjoy that. Um, and how could, if people want to help with the, the, uh, the Alton club, how can they, what can they do if they want to, you know, donations or, you know, financially or any other way, how can, how can people help you? Um, it, it's either, it, you know, I challenge people to come, come see it, come mm-hmm. take a tour to, to see like where your money would go. Um, we just built a brand new website. Um, excited about our website. It kind of shows you a little bit as to who we are. So BGC Alton.org, 
is our website. Uh, our Facebook page is very, very active and up to date. So you can go to our Facebook page and see the amazing things that take place. And from there, if you're inspired to give, um, or if, if it's putting a check in the mail, because you know what, I, I believe in kids, I believe in the mission. Um, our address is 2512 Amelia Street in Alton, Illinois. Um, if doing, people don't hear, if people don't listen to this and hear you talk and, and believe in your mission and there's something wrong with them, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I, I just love your passion for this. Uh, and, and there's no doubt you could have easily left that club in the last 24, 25 years yeah. and went and did something else, probably making a hell of a lot more money or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. you've stuck with it because you're passionate about it. I freaking love that. Love it. Do you know it? Yeah. I think that's part of success. You got to love what you do. And that's what I said. It yeah. doesn't feel like I'm going to work. Yeah. So if you go to work and it doesn't feel like work, it's, I go in on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. I do more work probably on the weekends than I do all week because there's nobody, the phone's not ringing and nobody wants to see me. Mm -hmm. And I always say, if somebody walks in the door, I, I want to see them. I want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, I do. I love what we do because it's all about kids. How do we help kids become better people? Yeah. I love that. This has been awesome, right? This has been awesome. I didn't drag you down. I didn't drag you. No, I want to make sure before you get out of here that I got this, this right. Got to see a man to be a man. Yeah. And, and that's not shade at women. Cause I've said that on no. the microphone at dinners. Um, and I don't know how to say this. I want to take a twist in here, but, but you really have to see a man to be a man. Like I needed to identify with men in order to become the man that I needed to be or wanted to be. Um, and, and if we're going to be able to teach male responsibility, I think it should come from a male. It's most effective. There's some women that have done it without a man. It's some women have been put in, in, in unique situations through maybe a divorce or a death. And they've been where, where they've had to raise this young man. But at some point there's been a male. I would imagine that's been a part of that man, that young man's life at the same time. Yeah. I, I love that quote. That's that's awesome. Anything else, Ross? That's all I got. That's all I got. Um, all right, hey, appreciate you coming in. Um, maybe, maybe we need to go tour the club, uh, dude. I, <laughs> I know I you're would, thinking it. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. No, you, you need to, and, and yeah. I would love to know when when you yeah. come. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're giving us the tour, Al. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh crap! Before before you get out of here, Al, I got to bring up someone and, and uh, someone that. I love, and I think I think you've been pretty close to her, Deb Pitts, Miss Pitts. Miss Pitts. Now, did you did you have her in school or? So I'm trying not to laugh because there was a joke with me. Like Miss Pitts taught special ed when uh -huh. I was in high school, so uh -huh. we didn't want to have Miss Pitts, right? Like, <laughs> I was a regular ed student. I got you. Um, but Miss Pitts connected with me during my track season, my senior year. Um, she 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 approached me and you know asked what my plans were. And hand me her like after school, card. like after it high like, school, yeah, exactly. After after graduating, what what are your plans, young man? And told her, hey, I was going to go on to Central State, and she gave me her business card and said, use this if you need to. She's like, you're not going to call me. Uh -huh. I didn't think I would either. So um, I'm now I'm out in Ohio. I'm two days in the football camp, and I'm ready to come home. As I mentioned earlier in the show, yeah. And she's one of the phone calls I made. Call her collect. Now that's how you know you're old, Ross. Yeah. When you, I call them collect. Yeah. There, there was no cell phone. So I'm on the pay phone. I call uh -huh. her collect and, hey, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm ready to leave her. I don't like it. And and Miss Pitts being Miss Pitts, if you know Miss Pitts, well, you can't come home. You, you're going to have to figure something out there because you can't come home. What are you going to do? It's like, what are you, you know, Miss Pitts, what are you going to do when you come home? 
well, I don't know. I'll make some other calls. No, you need to figure it out. You need to stick it out. Uh, give it a year. And after a year, if you don't like it, then you look at another She's the plan. one who said that to you. She was wow. the one that said that. And, yeah. and, and what and happened? you really from, didn't know her. At I this didn't time. know her. That was my first phone conversation with her. Wow. Calling her collects and. Hey, and she gave home. you what ultimately some of the best advice of your life. Exactly. Because now, I, uh, again, now I had to, that was the goal. Give it a year and go from there. And after a year, I was like, oh, I can do this. I mean, if I can graduate from here, I can I can succeed in life. But what she didn't know was going to happen was she was my phone call every Sunday at 7 p.m. from there on for the next four years. Well, wow. wow. Huh. She was that, smart, though. Piz made sure those conversations. That was a collect call, so she made sure we didn't talk more than two <laughs> What are you doing? How's it going? Okay, bye-bye. I love you. Uh, we we love Miss Spitz. Our, our brother, Ty, when he, he was teaching in Bethalto, and, and coaching, she was coaching, and she was the uh, the principal. Yeah. She the principal. She was there. the principal. And so I never had her in school or anything. She just <laughs> took us in with him. And, you know, you'll every once in a while, you'll get a, a random text, maybe once a week, once every two weeks, and be like, It'll be something, some positive message to me, like, have a great week. And it might be a little, like, emoji with, like, I love you or, or something like that. It's just, and I'm just like, she, like, I never had her in school and I, I don't know her super well, but like, I, she probably sends out thousands of these. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it, like, whenever I was working in, you know, working on our, my new gym after I, we bought it and we we're doing the remodel project, one day Miss Biss just stops by. Just randomly comes walking in. We're I'm down there working on it. She'll she'll have somebody come in the town, uh -huh. and whoop, they're here for lunch. Walk in, you know, it's hug and hey, this is my friend from I'll just Nashville. I'm like, you brought her here. You brought him here. Like <laughs> it's just it's she's a she's an amazing woman. She really is. She's the most encouraging, supportive, positive person I've probably ever met. So I'm jealous when you say you get I get that text like once a week. It'll be good morning or happy. Yeah. Friday or something with this emoji that's yeah. flashing. Yeah. But I think the connections that she's made in Alton, Bethalto, and Edwardsville are, are lifelong connections. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine how many of those she sends out? Yeah. Now, I like to pretend like it's just me. <laughs> but, <we're> all... <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it's it, it's really incredible. Ross, this, we are so stupid. We got to get Miss Pitts in here. Oh, we do. Right? Oh, how, how awesome would that be? She, sh she should have already been in here. Yeah. Now that we're, yeah. yeah. Way before Al. Come on, let's <laughs> be real here. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. That's, that is, that's a great that's story. That's awesome. I'm glad that you caught that before. We would, hey, he would have left and it would have been one of those, oh, why didn't we ask him about Miss Pitts? Yeah. I, haven't, I even have her written down here, so. Great story. Great All story. Right. Thanks a lot for coming in, Al. We super appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Al. Thanks again for having me. Welcome back. A uh, quick little recap on the show today. Um, which I, I, I probably say this every time, but I, that was a really fascinating story. Uh, I, I have a, a place in my heart, um, and maybe I thought I probably would have been that person with teaching or something, but for people that are in their community like that, at the boys and girls club mm -hmm. or something, and we just have a place in our heart for the boys and girls club in general. Um, <clears throat> but I love listening to someone's story about what they do for a community like that. And, and his part. So for so long and so drastically, it's not being a teacher is one thing, but you know, he's not just in it from nine o'clock. I'll just say eight, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. or we know when the kids leave he's he's in it all day long all year long um it's changing people's lives i, yeah. I, I just i'm really inspired by that um 
and and one thing that I, I go back to, and this touched me, I, I, maybe because I just had a son, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, Got to see a man to be a man, and and that's nothing against any women at all, you know. And he and he clarified that, but and I I didn't even think about it that way, but like right off the bat, it just makes me think of my son and just being present for him, not just being present, but being present correctly, mm-hmm. doing the correct things in front of him, you know, taking a deep breath before walking in the door. Um, from work or a stressful day and being who I need to be to walk in. I mean, that's what this means to me because, you know, it's all different circumstances and um, what he sees every day to just how I'm taking it as being a better man or a better father. But that one, I mean, he said that and I'm like, I wrote it down and then I had to, had to make sure I asked him again. That, that hit me right now, mm-hmm. I guess just from this time in my life. But I love that. I'm going to say it again. Got to see a man to be a man. And I think everybody can take that in their own way to be positive in their own way. And and like I said, I mean, mine's being present for my kid and being present correctly. I love that too. Um, also, you didn't say it, but he kind of did. And it's also having those conversations with your kid, with your son, saying, hey, if you get pulled over by a cop, this is how you shoot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's things that like we all know, blah, 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 but it's actually having the conversations. Like this is how you should treat, you know, different people, you know, being the example and just talking about it, having those conversations, you know, and this is going to sound bad. I don't want to talk about our own childhood and things like that, but I, I don't know if I ever had someone just sit down and have conversations like, Hey, this is how you should do it. This is what, you know, there's one thing about being an example too, just, Talking about it, talking things through, you know, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people in relationships just lack good communication that way. You're exactly right. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's a hard, it's a, a huge part of uh, growth growing up is those communications and, and people just don't know how to have them. My, my sex talk as a kid, Sergeant <laughs> Margaret, wear condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Your uncle can tell you where to buy them. <laughs> But man, that was, again, I say this every time we do a podcast, I, I feel blessed. I, I, I love just that we get to sit down and have conversations with some extraordinary people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We didn't know much. We didn't get much information about Al coming in. You know what I'm saying? We tried to reach out to a few people, didn't get a lot of information, but it almost worked out better just to hear the story fresh. Yeah, really. You know, and it's so funny that he reiterated the points we had been talking about, like advising, you know, younger people to seek out mentors or, you know, people in the industry they want to go into. So I I loved that too, you know? Um, And I'll bring this up because it just, but we almost let Al out of here. I mean, I was was about to wrap up Mm -hmm. and you threw up the Miss Pitts. Uh, (laughs) I love that you did that. (laughs) Give me Uh, a little credit on that one. And then then that was a great story. It was. Because he he said this, he called someone back home and and didn't drop the name. Didn't drop the name. And then, yeah, we went back to to Miss Pitts. Pitts. (laughs) We're getting her in here. I can't wait. Yes, we got to. You know, something I was, I was going to tell during this, when he was talking, you know, how he talked about going away to college and, you go away to college and like you're pretty good at sports in high school. You might be the star, the stud, the all stater. And you go up there and you're just another, you know, you're just another athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not the big person on campus. So I remember going like going to play some intramurals. Okay. And this is up at Eastern. And uh, so I'm like, like they have like an intramural wrestling tournament. I'm like, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to kill it. I mean, these guys aren't on the wrestling team. I'm going to go kill them. <laughs> 
first match, <laughs> first period, first 30 seconds, I get stuck. <laughs> I'm wearing basketball shorts. Dude has me like cradled up. I swear my testicles are flapping in the wind. <laughs> Like, yeah, okay. That didn't that didn't work. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey, another podcast under our belt. Another podcast, and, and we're not. We, we'll get out of here real quick with our our first challenge. I guess it would be for the podcast. I um, almost forgot carnivore diet. We're still doing that. We're, <laughs> an hour later. Yes, I thought that was so. Doing, hour and a half ago. <laughs> we're, we're still doing it. <laughs> so two thousand and late. <laughs> so we're still doing that. Okay. Yep. Great that I'm I'm down I you know that what Monday. I need something a little kickstart anyway so don't wake up Monday and throw <laughs> your ice cream or whatever it is you have for breakfast don't throw it down your throat <laughs> all right grab some eggs that does sound good right now um I'm you know what I want to end with a little quote I read this quote today and it has nothing to do with our podcast but I thought it was cool be polite be professional but have a plan to kill everybody you meet. I'll end the podcast on that one. Uh, so, All hey, right. also, Ross, I got something to announce. Okay, oh. coming soon, some Eat Slay Live uh, swag, eat, eat Slay Live T-shirts, Ooh, hoodies coming soon. Coming soon. I'm pumped. What all? This well, I think news to me as well. Did you say hoodies? Well, I don't know. We want hoodies. Fucking a, I want oh, okay. hoodies. Um, <laughs> I, I have a feeling we're going to sell about six of them. So. <laughs> That'd Thank you, all six of you. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. This has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioners. Slay on, brother. Slay on.